Welcome to Dr. Cheryl's Pod Couch, where we talk about all things parenting and mental health. Today, it is an honor to have on Paris Rosenthal, who is an author of number one New York Times bestselling books like Dear Girl, who that was co-written with her late mother, Amy Krause Rosenthal, and number one New York Times bestseller, Dear Boy, co-written with her father, Jason Rosenthal. She also wrote the New York Times bestseller, Dear Teacher, as well as Dear Baby, Project 123, and her latest book, Uni, the Unicorn in the Real World. Uni, the Unicorn is the third book in a series that her mother started. She says she wrote this book as a tribute of sorts to her. Her first published book, Dear Girl, was also co-written with her mom. That book came out when she was in college. Welcome, Paris. Thank you so much for having me, Cheryl. I'm so happy to be here. Let me, let me tell people before I go right into our first question that we were introduced because I have a really great young woman, probably your age, who helps me out with things. And she said, I think I have somebody really interesting for you to interview. And I was like, sure. And then I remembered your story a little bit. And, um, I was like, Oh my gosh. Yes. I would be honored to talk to her. And you published two books this year, right? Two books this year. Yes, correct. correct. Um, how is that? I'm going to, how is that possible? And what is that like to publish two amazing books in one year during a pandemic? Yeah, exactly. Um, it's definitely been a whirlwind, but you know, I think publishing two books were definitely a highlight of a crazy couple years. Having a book published in the midst of a pandemic definitely looks different than publishing a book not in a pandemic, but um, I've still been able to, you know, connect with readers through virtual events. So that's been really great and hoping to continue to do more of that um, because, you know, that's one of my favorite parts is getting to actually share my work with with people and seeing people interact with my stories is really such a gift. Is there a favorite for you? Like, do you love it when little kids come up to you and say, oh, I love uni or I love dear girl or do you love it when adults come up to you or maybe now teachers what a beautiful book what who's mm. sort of do you have a favorite yeah that's a good question well on a similar note because of the pandemic I haven't gotten to like interact face to face with that many people so I don't have a ton of people coming up to me you know saying that but it, when they do it's it's always really nice um I think it it hits differently coming from like a child than a parent you know but it's always so cute when I see little kids and hear how they've been affected by the stories. And I personally love kids, so it's it's great. <laughs> That's wonderful. So uh, you love kids. Did you ever imagine yourself becoming A, a published author, B, a children's book author, and C, all this happening incredibly successfully at such a young age? Yeah, so interestingly enough, I... I've always loved writing, but I wasn't planning on becoming an author necessarily. Um, I didn't go to school for that specifically, and it wasn't something that I envisioned for my future. But when I was in college, uh, my mom, who had written a ton of books in her career, in her lifetime, asked me if I wanted to write a book with her. And of course, I said yes. So... We wrote a book together called Dear Girl, yeah, while I was in so, still in college. And unfortunately, she was sick while we were writing the book, and she 
passed away before the book came out. Um, so I was left to sort of promote the book on my own. And I just continued writing from there and ended up writing a sequel to that book with my dad, Jason Rosenthal. Um, which was really special. And I've gotten the chance to write a book with both of my parents, which is kind of unheard of. <laughs> I think so. Um, and yeah, just continued writing after that and published a couple more on my own. So it, it really started with the book I wrote with her and was not expecting that. And then it carried me into now. It's it's really, it's wonderful the way that part of your life has worked. I have to say when I recently reread my daughter's, she's 14, but she still gets a kick out of me doing stuff like that. And I have younger mm -hmm. boys. And so we were reading your books. I was telling them that um, yeah, I got all your books out and mm -hmm. was like, I'm going to interview her for my podcast. And I was reading Dear Girl. I even feel emotional now. And I felt this emotion come over me like, wow, is this, is this hard for you ever? Or do you compartmentalize that connection or that grief and loss that you have knowing that you started this with her? We're so inspired by her and she's not here to see how incredibly successful it became. Definitely. Um, it's extremely emotional and, you know, that's tough because it's my career. So I, it's just tied to so many emotions, but I think, you know, sometimes it's, feels just really hard and overwhelming and other times it feels really nice to you know be connected to her in that way so I think it's a combination of both all the time but you know it, it does feel good to feel connected to her in this way and just know that I'm like constantly channeling her energy and feeling inspired by her and promoting the book that her and I wrote together and, and all of that. I remember her story you know, a couple of years ago when she wrote an essay, correct? She wrote an essay about Mary, my husband, mm -hmm, exactly. something like that. So for people who may not um, be as familiar with that story, do you mind sharing what, what inspired her to do that? What came of writing an essay like that? Yeah. So she uh, wrote that essay about 10 days before she passed away. And it was a, an essay for the modern love column in the New York times. And it was essentially you know, saying, I have this incredible husband and family, but I am aware of the fact that my death is imminent and um, I want him to find happiness after I'm gone and here is a blank space, literally and figuratively. It really struck people because of how honest and blunt it was, um, not only like acknowledging death, which is something that many people have a hard time doing, but also saying like, I want him to find happiness and I want him to find new love, which is also, you know, not something that everyone says personally or publicly for that matter. Um, so yeah, that essay really stuck with millions and millions of people. And one thing I'll add to that is I think the world came to know her through that essay and, you know, then when and looked into her other work after that, but were really, you know, struck by that essay. And that's great. But it's also important to remember that she was more than just the author of that essay. And she is an incredible, incredible mother and person. And yeah, I just never want people to lose sight of that, you know. I think, and I think you're doing that. I think through your work every single day, mm -hmm. you're ensuring that her legacy is more than any one thing. Mm -hmm. exactly. You know, the, the dynamic nature of everything that she was is uh, very alive through you. Mm, thanks. 
What did your dad think of her writing that essay? Did he have any hesitations or did he ever imagine it would become so big and so popular and well-known? Yeah, I think, you know, I think he had an idea that that might happen, but I don't think he could have ever predicted what actually happened. You know, it's, it's one thing to envision how that article would affect people and another to actually experience the effects of it in real time. Yeah, he got a ton of people reaching out to him, which, you know, maybe he expected, but again, not quite like exactly what he expected. Um, so I think it took all of us by surprise, although I think my mom, you know, knew what she was doing when she wrote that and had a pretty solid idea of how that would affect him and, and our whole family. That's beautiful. Do you think it's been um, more positive? Do you think that that was it was a good was a good thing to happen? Yeah, I do. I do actually. I think it allowed my dad the freedom to do exactly what my mom, you know, wished for, which is fill his blank space. And also, it really was a catalyst to change the trajectory of his career. Really, um, and he started to focus more on speaking about grief and death and loss and all of that. So it really, yeah, it was sort of a turning point in in his life and in in our lives. Have you thought about overtly writing a book about grief and loss or loss of a parent? So actually, um, when I was in college, or the college I went to was, was pretty cool because we got to create our own majors. And when it was time for me to craft my major and come up with my major. Um, all of this was at the forefront of my mind. And so I, long story short, chose to essentially study like death and dying and how different cultures around the world approach these topics. And for my creative senior thesis project, I wrote a memoir that was exactly about that. It was about what I studied and also about my personal experience with loss and really about my relationship with my mom. So I have had the opportunity to be, opportunity to write about that, um, but I haven't published it. Maybe I will, maybe I won't, but it was still an extremely like cathartic experience and something that I still look at all the time and will continue to because it's really a, a snapshot of like what I was going through at that time. Yeah. I mean, I, I very much trust whatever is supposed to come out of that for you, Will. Yeah. <laughs> I do think about, though, um, you know, when there are, I have a, I have a friend who self-published a book about loss and sometimes when, when the, you know, tragedies happen, people will often come to me and say, well, do you have any books? Do you have resources? And certainly there are some, but I, I feel like there is space in the world. There's more space in the world for that. Mm -hmm. Um, and for kids to process that, you know, differently have, have you been approached about that or thought about it differently since COVID has happened? And since there are so many, uh, more millions of children affected by loss than, than any other normal, typical year, has that, has that struck you differently? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, prior to the pandemic and still now, but especially prior to the pandemic, I, often felt alone in my loss because I don't have a ton of super close friends 
or actually any close friends that have lost a parent. But then in the last couple of years, I've really started to realize that, you know, loss is universal. And while maybe none of my close friends um, have lost a parent, everyone's experienced loss in some shape or form. And, and yeah, especially in the past couple of years, everyone's experienced the loss of, you know, parts of their daily lives or, or people for that matter. Um, and so I think realizing that or really feeling that has been beneficial in the past couple of years and has just allowed me to adopt a new perspective on that. On another similar note, like I think part of resilience, which is something I've been thinking about in the past couple of years, is really it's not linear. And I think, you know, struggling and feeling the difficult feelings and learning from them is really what real resilience is about. Um, and so that's something else I've, I've realized in the past couple of years that it's okay to like fail and feel like you're really struggling with the loss and just try to learn from that going forward is, is the best thing you can do. I think that's really well said. I think that the older we get more life experience or the more we study something, the more we realize, gosh, yes, everybody's walking around with mm-hmm. a loss, with a wound, um, with a trauma. And I still think there's something unique about, you know, certain losses, right? A, a parent losing a child, mm-hmm. a child losing a parent, you know, are incredibly unique losses. And I love what you said about how you were really feeling alone mm-hmm. until recently and sort of the collective loss and trauma that our world is going through in some ways has, has allowed you to feel more connected mm-hmm. um, in that way. And I do feel like that's you know, again, you're probably the best deliverer for this message, but that's what so many kids I think could benefit from. And mm-hmm. not just little kids, the teenagers, young adults, mm-hmm. um, at those crucial times in your life where you could feel even just lost, even, you know, before the loss and then to actually have a death in your life. So I'll look forward to seeing if you eventually do something with, mm-hmm. um, that, but. You know, I really commend you for how much you've done with, um, with your pain mm-hmm. and how beautifully you've really been able to carry on your mother's legacy. Did you think that you were going to do that? Like after the first book, did you go into that thinking, I'll do this mm-hmm. and then that'll be that? Um, not really. Again, like I wasn't even expecting the first book and I certainly wasn't expecting there to be multiple books after that, but I think like something, I learned from the experience of losing my mom or something that came out of it was just kind of going with the flow and saying yes to things and realizing how short life is. Um, and so, yeah, I wasn't necessarily expecting it, but I was riding the wave and trying to embrace it along the way. Yeah. So you said the word yes, which made me, um, <laughs> really happily think about the fact that let me get see if I have this right over 10 years ago your mom wrote a book mm-hmm. called the day of yes or yes day yes day yeah exactly. and then it turned into this big Netflix movie with Jennifer Garner starring mm-hmm. in it so what is the whole story behind that yeah well exactly what you said um but I think essentially Jennifer Garner had read that book with her own children and she then on her own time um, did a yes day with her children and she posted something about it online, which, you know, of course, gained a lot of traction very quickly. 
and she was just sharing something like she often does, I'm assuming. Um, but it, yeah, a lot of people noticed it and they were like, what is this yes day thing? A day where you, you say yes to anything your kids ask for and it's pretty unique. And, um, so she did that and she just was, I guess, a really big fan of my mom's work. Not only that book, but a lot of her other works. And so one thing led to another and, that book became a Netflix film and yeah, it was, it was really special seeing her, my mom's, you know, work come alive in that way. Like it's one thing to just read the book and to know Jennifer Gardner's a fan and all that, but then to like see it come alive in a movie was, I mean, I've never experienced anything like that. It was really cool. And how do you think they did? Did they do it justice? Yeah, they did do it justice. They definitely did it justice. And Jennifer Garner is such a just sweet and genuine person. And it was really important to the whole team to do things um, the right way and to really honor my mom. And they were constantly assuring us of that and reminding us of that. So it, was, it felt good. It did feel good. So how involved were you or in what way were you involved? I wasn't super involved, but I did get to visit the movie set while they were filming, which was really cool. And yeah, I wasn't super involved in terms of the content of the movie, but I was, you know, we were all like updated along the way and, and involved in that sense. Wonderful. Beautiful. What inspired you to write Dear Teacher? Absolutely beautiful book. Thank you. Yeah. Well, really what inspired me was just having a ton of teachers in my life who have meaning, meaningfully impacted my life and, you know, really encouraged me to do things I never thought I could do. And Dear Teacher is a little bit different than the first three books in the series because the perspective is, is shifted. So instead of, you know, the, the voice coming from maybe a parental figure or a, you know, an adult figure to a child, it's more so a child or an adult to, to a teacher. That was cool. And yeah, I just thought about all the teachers I've had and I've played sports my whole life. So I have a ton of coaches who have, um, impacted my life and, and taught me so much. And so, yeah, it was kind of a no brainer. It was like teachers need to be acknowledged more and what better way than a sort of thank you letter to them. And yeah, it came out during the pandemic, which, mm-hmm took on a whole other meaning and I was not expecting that, but it was like now more than ever, we need to thank teachers for all that they've been doing. So was that what, I mean, I imagine a a mind like yours is filled often, you know, maybe it's not every day, maybe it's like every couple of days, but I'm sure you have this creative genius that happens and you get these ideas, but you know, some go and some stay. And so was it the pandemic in terms of like seeing I mean, really, really evaluate, you know, not just appreciating, but really evaluating how we can't even function without schools. We can't have a society without teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, is that what prompted you to, for this to go beyond just, yeah, they need this to like, and I'm doing it. I'm going <laughs> to do it. Yeah, that's a fair question. Well, actually, I wish I could say the answer is yes to that, but I, I came up with the idea and started writing the book before the pandemic. So it really was just a, a fantastic coincidence <laughs> in a way that that took on a new meaning. So yeah, I, I, I thought of it before and then I was reaffirmed that it was 
you know, important once the pandemic hit. Beautiful. I'm so glad you did. I just absolutely love it. So um, what's next for you? It's a good question and something I'm trying to figure out all day, every day, really. (laughs) I mean, I don't have any other books in the pipeline at the moment, but as you mentioned earlier, I just released Beauty the Unicorn in the Real World, so sort of focusing on, you know, spreading that book around and promoting that book. Might take a, a pause on on writing children's books for a little bit, two books in one year and several books in the last few years, so it's it's a lot, but it's also been great. So yeah, we'll see we'll see what's next. I'll let you know whenever I figure it out. <laughs> and, and, you know, there's no pressure. I actually love you just saying, I'm going to really just sit with you and yeah. the unicorn in the real world. Right. right. And, uh, we don't know, but it's going to be something, um, meaningful mm-hmm. um, and fantastic. I do, I would be remiss to not acknowledge your illustrator. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful illustrations. Um, and so have you, it's, um, Bridget. And so is this somebody who you've worked with for a long time or how did you guys get connected? Cause she just did such a beautiful job. Yeah, she did. And I'm so glad you pointed that out. Thank you. So this is the first book that I've worked on with Bridget, but, but this book, you need the unicorn in the real world is actually the third book in a, in a series. So the first two books, as you will mention, my mom wrote and Bridget also illustrated those. So my mom, had worked with her and she's the illustrator of this series. So that was kind of already established before I, I jumped in. Um, so we just got connected because she had worked with my mom. Yeah. I actually have not met her in person, which is crazy because you work so closely with the illustrator and it's really like, you know, a a team job and, um, the book would not be what it is without her. That's for sure. But it's, it's interesting how like, everything can be digital these days and you can just create a whole book by communicating through the computer and not actually work together in the same room. Um, but nonetheless, she's fantastic. And I'm so grateful to have worked with her on this book. Absolutely. Um, beautiful story of Uni the unicorn. I think it's a beautiful message and, um, absolutely mesmerizing illustrations that just get you sucked in. I think, you know, pleasing for both parents and kids. I am so happy to have met you and I am grateful you being able to weave in and out of talking about your your grief and loss and then talking about a great project you have going on and then back to your mom. And I imagine, you know, a lot of your days are like that um, because so much has been inspired by your um, by your mom. So I appreciate you really beautifully being able to do that. I don't know that a lot of people could really do that. Mm-hmm. So it's a real gift. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And uh, thank you for sharing your your gifts and your talents and helping your mom's legacy live on in so many little children and adults. It's really a beautiful thing. Um, thank you for being on. I wish you all the best with Uni the Unicorn in the real world. Thank you. Um, and if people want to follow you in your work and what you are up to, where can they do that? Yeah, so my Instagram is prosenthal97. Um, my website is parisrosenthal.com. And you can find me on Facebook with just my name, Paris Rosenthal. Um, I think that's it. Thank you so much for having me, Cheryl. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks so much for being on. 
And um, if people listening enjoyed our conversation, please rate, review, and subscribe. And run out and get your children, your little boys, your girls, maybe for the holidays, for the for the new year, Uni the Unicorn in the real world. Thanks, Paris. Thank you. Appreciate it.